Hi, I'm Sally. I'm Linda. And I'm Ming. Pour yourself a cup of tea and join us for this week's episode of Moving Oolong. Everyone, welcome to episode 109. So today we will be doing the first of our revisit episodes. And today we'll be going back to our college regress episode three years later. And Ming will tell us more about that after we do our weekly recap. Um, who wants to go first? I feel like we we should make Sally go, but also save the know, best for last. Have, yeah, if you have something, <laughs> I can you go. Share. Yeah. I can start and then Sally can, or you can go and Sally if she has the big. There's not that much to expect from me. I don't know why. What? What do you <laughs> mean? Okay, anyways. Continue. Um, mine, uh, my recap is pretty brief. Um, besides our shared events, which it's nice to have shared events. Um, I went to brunch with the roommates on Sunday and that was really fun. I've, I've only been to a brunch in DC a few times, but like we haven't done it as a house before. So we went to like... Um, we went to the sushi place for brunch. They had brunch cocktails and really good food. And it I've was never like, thought of sushi as a brunch food, but right? I yeah. guess it works. We didn't actually get like sushi rolls or anything. They had mm-hmm. brunch special um, type menu items, but it was very fancy, much more fancy than we were expecting. So the serving sizes were really small and the price tags were really big. So mm. afterwards, Sebastian actually went to McDonald's because <laughs> he said he was still <laughs> hungry. So, I mean, but it was still nice. And like, you know, shared experience with the roommates is always nice. Bonding. Because I, I think we're all realizing that we only have like the summer and a little bit of the fall left before the end of 3604, the house. So we're trying to like get in all the the new um, activities and get as many memories in as we can before everyone starts traveling for the summer. Um, So we did that. And otherwise, I mean, work is pretty constant. It's the summer, but it's going to pick up in a little bit. And we're starting the conversations with some of the roommates about like where we want to live after this, but it's still very, very, very early. So I think that's it. Where would you want to live, Ming? Where would I want to live? Um, yeah. Uh, so if I could choose on my own, like if I was living on my own, I would probably go more towards Linda, like maybe DuPont um, down there, um, Adams Morgan. I really like the neighborhood that Linda's in because I feel like she has, like Linda, you have like easy access to a lot of different neighborhoods. Like it's easy for you to walk around from where you are. But I think our goal of with some of the roommates I'm staying with is to stay on the green line. So we're thinking like U Street, Shaw, Howard, 14th, uh, down there. So a few stops down on the green line. Definitely more into the city for we want of a more city feel, you know? It's kind of sleepy up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I remember when we first moved, we thought Power was like so bustling. <laughs> <laughs> it is, now we know. It is funny because I, I went home for like a dentist appointment again and that is like total suburbs. Like that feels like absolutely sleepy. And then I, yeah, you're right, Linda. I come back down into where I live now in DC. I'm like, oh, you know, city life. I took the Metro, but then you go into your neighborhood or even further in, you go to all the coffee shops and uh, bars and things like that. And like, now this is really city. 
I feel like I won't feel like I'm a city city until like I'm either in New York or like living right next to the White House or something. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's it for me, Linda. If you want to share anything. Um... Well, I guess you touched on it, but our mutual event was mm -hmm. Kevin's housewarming. I think that was really fun. Um, I want to know what you all thought too, but I like how it was a 4 p.m. to like a 9 p.m. <laughs> event. I think that was like the peak of my, I guess, most sociable and most kind of I guess making the most of daylight hours because we were grilling outside in the courtyard. I kept getting so confused because I'm like, this is the roof of the place, but then it's actually the middle of the whole building. And it was nice to see Kevin's apartment and see how he's settled in living alone and spend time with everyone. So yeah, I'm trying to think what what else I have done. Maybe work has been has been fine. I'm just on Zoom calls for like seven hours a day recently, so mm. it's not much to talk about. But it's just so like I'm not producing anything, but I'm like mentally drained like ten times as much as like normal working. Mm. Um, um yeah. I guess yeah. To go back to your question about Kevin's thing, mm. I really liked it. I think it was so different from like just being in a different environment as opposed to coming to my house or I mean yeah having someone else host. yeah it was really nice <laughs> and it was a really nice courtyard like the setup it reminded me of like those college apartments that people lived in um as upperclassmen but like times two or three like a lot bigger a lot nicer and Sally was really good at grilling the meat the food was really good and there was some drinking, but it wasn't like nighttime, like you said, Linda. So it wasn't like drinking heavy or like nighttime debauchery type of feel. It was more just like <laughs> community. It was like quality time. Yeah, neighborhood mm -hmm. type feel, which I appreciated. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. I think we spent all of Friday night and Saturday morning prepping for it. And like, wow. it was a pretty big deal, I guess, to Kevin too, to host his first thing because he's never hosted at his old parents' house before. So mm -hmm. This is first time having guests over and like having a big thing. So glad it went well. Mm, <laughs> you and Kevin had fun. Yeah. You two were very, um, very good hosts. Did you feel like, so, like responsible for it somewhat? I guess because you did a lot of the prep work too. Mm, I just, yeah, kind of. I guess I felt mostly responsible for the food because I wanted to make sure like, it was up to my standards. <laughs> I mean, it was up to my standards. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Anything else? That's at all. Oh, that's all. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. So for me, last week, honestly, don't really know what happened. Uh, I like did some work here and there, and we had this really long um cancer center retreat. Which happens to be on the same day as a, our, um, we have a greenhouse on the same floor as my lab and they have a semester, like m each semester they have a plant sale and it was on the same day. So I was very sad that I couldn't buy a plant that day, but we had a like a whole day long conference where people were just like speaking 
um, and some people talked about their science and some people were just giving like administrative speeches. And then like today I've been having like imaging training. So I feel like I've just been listening to people talk these past two weeks mm. and just not really getting too much done, but also it's the concept as work, I guess. But yeah, like Linda said, it's kind of more draining than doing actual work and like doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. Just, just sitting there and like less paying attention and forcing yourself sometimes to pay attention to them talk. Um, but yeah, for the weekend. Yeah, like I said, the the biggest event was this barbecue. And then the next biggest event, or maybe equally important <laughs> for me, was that uh, our high school friend Jethro came over from Vegas to visit. And f- for the sole goal of seeing, um, what's it, what are they called? Seven Lions <laughs> at a rave. So he flew in on Saturday and then after the barbecue I went with him to the Seven Alliance rave and met up with which I totally forgot that Jethro went to another high school before he came to ours. Oh, so he somehow connected with his other his friend from Oxon Hill which is the first high school he went to for like half, half a semester. Somehow he's still in touch with her and she also goes to raves. So he he invited her then her god sister was also there so it's the four of us <laughs> and yeah it was a pretty good time unexpectedly um it was my first rave since college since before the pandemic mm-hmm. and i know like we had that one rave dabin that we planned to go which would have been during the pandemic but then it got canceled so like i am like completely out of the rave scene don't know what's going on these days um but jethro came prepared he is a seasoned raver so we were like getting ready in my room and he was pulling out all these things i was like what is that um so he had like his uh his fan his pikachu Uh. fan and then he was like during the rave he was going around like fanning all the people near us and he was getting that riz because he had the fan the so everyone around <laughs> us is talking to jethro like every time me fan and his riz. other friend looks back at him he was there was someone new talking to him being like oh the fan is so good bless uh, you like you saved my life yeah. <laughs> and then um yeah and he had like the the led glasses goggles <laughs> the whole like rave outfit set up in the Lenium jersey so uh, yeah he came he came prepared was it like riding a bike like when you got back to echo stage did you feel like ah, i remember or was it disorienting yeah. well so i'm i don't know if you remember but <laughs> the beginning of every rave they have like a bunch of openers and each of the openers go on for an hour each so oh, we got there wow. kind of early and the like most of the beginning is just sitting there waiting for the main act, mm. which maybe we should have just gone later. But I guess the opener was like the last opener was pretty good. The first two were like, OK, but there weren't that many people either. So the vibes weren't there yet. We we're just like standing there, like nodding our heads. To oh. the music. It's kind of sad. But then like once people started coming in and like there was more um, hype than yeah, it returned me back to my college <laughs> self, I guess. <laughs> Wait, Sally, our expectations were so high because Jethro's Instagram story, like, showed it all. And I was like, is that Sally or, like, or an ABG that Jethro Ray picked Ray? up? That was, like, <laughs> <What>? Sally. <laughs> yeah, especially with his getup and everything, he, he mm-hmm. definitely looked seasoned. And from yeah. what I remember about Echo Stage, it's, like, mostly 
or at least maybe because it's who we went with, but it's like college students. It wasn't like seasoned ravers, you know, mm-hmm. necessarily. Yeah, probably like one or two time ravers just for mm-hmm. like the Asian community there. When there were a lot of ABGs and ABBs mm. there, like they were all in the Asian corner. <laughs> the Asian Whenever corner. I got went to the bathroom, I would see them. <laughs> Wait, you know what's funny is this weekend I also talked to someone who was referencing the Asian corner at um, Echo Stage. I met Liz's roommate, Judy, and oh, yeah. randomly like at a bar. And we were talking, and she apparently raves too. And we were like connecting over knowing what? where the Asian corner is. And it was like Friday. three years later. <laughs> yeah, the front right. <laughs> so is that hey, where you were? This? It's like a, co- a section of the venue this, that, like, this is where you'll find all the ABGs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, such a flashback. We were front center. Well, near the front center. Mm. And there was still like a, a little bit of ABGs. Like there was a good amount of them that I could see over the heads <laughs> and onto the stage. <laughs> Did you have fun? Uh, yeah, I had fun. I had more fun than I expected, mm. which I had mm. low expectations because I didn't know what to expect, what? but Dang. it was good. Okay, not low, but I had, I had no expectations. Return of the rape day. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I would only do it if I had a seasoned raver with me. I mm. think. Wait, how late were you? Like, out? I wouldn't go out my way to go to a rave by myself. Uh-huh. It's like four a.m. That's what I thought from his like Instagram stories. It's like, why is I she think getting back that late? It went to went up to like three thirty ish. Yeah, because Seven Lines didn't actually Clutching come on my until old lady one. Pearls. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. I was like, it's already eleven p.m. and they're still not coming on. Like, maybe I should just bail. <laughs> but yeah, once it started, it was good. <laughs> and then we got a ride home from a stranger that we met the same night. What? All thanks to Jethro's Riz, <laughs> the fan Riz. <laughs> Well, it was wild, like this yeah. became a reality because it was all like a vague thing to mm-hmm. for Jethro to go on a raving. Sally yeah. was, yeah, uh, yeah. It was like very nice to like actually see the Jethro experience of a rave because <laughs> he person. he always talks about like how he raves and like he's been talking about his about liking EDM since high school. So it's like a full circle moment to go to a rave with him. Did the Jethro experience live up to the talk? Was he? I mean, you already said he had the fan riz. I think what I was most um, surprised about the fan riz, because I feel like here it's like a very low key community. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've never experienced talking to other people during raves, but he's always told me stories about how he'll go to festivals or like other raves and um, he'll just talk to strangers and then become friends with them. And like, I don't think that's going to happen here, but like it actually happened. (laughs) So... (laughs) Never doubt the season raver. Yeah. Anyways, so moving on to the main meat of this episode. Ming, do you want to introduce the topic? Sure. Actually, I think your recap kind of bleeds in really well to the main meat because thinking about raving and even Jethro and the Asian corner kind of brings back memories of college for me. Um, I think for you too, Sally, because that was a little bit of our experience in college. So this episode is going to be the first of... I don't know if it's a series or just like a theme that we're going to try to do is what Linda said, revisiting. So revisiting some of our past episodes. This is episode 109. So we have literally over 100 episodes to look back on. And the podcast has been on for over three years now. So we can 
see how our opinions have changed, if they've stayed the same, or if we have any reflections since graduating. And so we wanted to start with episode 21, College Ragrets, because about this time of the year is when people are graduating from college. And it kind of brings back our own memories of like graduating college in the pandemic. And I think listening back, we all listened to it. And at least I picked up on a lot of like anxieties, but also like good memories. And so I think it'd be fun to maybe dissect it a little bit and then we'll play the full episode so you all can listen to it if you haven't yet or listen to it with a fresh perspective. So we all listened to it, like I said, and I kind of thought of it into different categories, I guess. And I think something that really stood out was we were all talking about like the college environment and the different people we met and the ability to meet like new people like around every corner, it seemed like. I think one one thing we were saying that it was like, you never know who you're going to meet and like, who's the connection to another person. And I feel like that's a good starting point because that's something that I have been trying to do ever since coming to DC, like meeting new people. I've talked about that on other episodes, but I'm like curious if you guys, I don't know, miss that or if you think you found that sense of community like post-grad now, you know? Hmm. I feel like my community, uh, my closest community now is still pretty much the same as what I had in college. Like my closest friends are my college friends. And of course, like I've met a few people along the way, but um, it's not like a whole community. It's like one or two people here and there. So it's I feel like it is harder to get like a like actual community, maybe something like TASA, I would say again in post-grad life. Like I, where would you even start? to look for something like that yeah like mm-hmm. we're we're always talking about the rise and fall of amoeba mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man this is remember the event that we went to last week about oh we didn't even talk about Chinatown. that yeah, yeah in our recap recap but yeah ming and i went to an event like a panel discussing Chinatowns, like a few of them in the country, and how urban planning and like community engagement factors into building up the Asian community and the local, um, like programming there. And Ming and I were so like agitated by this event, <laughs> or not agitated, like reinvigorated. <laughs> I guess thinking back to the community that Tassa was, and mm-hmm. talking about how friendships and communities aren't necessarily the same thing like there could be an overlap but being friends and being in community with someone are just too different and like Sally said is might be harder to find um outside of college but I think after three years it's okay to be nostalgic about college because now it's like we're kind of tipping into it no longer in the post-grad sphere I don't know the two of you feel the same way though Mm-hmm. by that you mm-hmm. mean like we can't categorize ourselves as like obviously we're like not fresh, fresh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean I guess technically though you'll always like literally be post-grad but yeah I we are getting to the post-grad po- yet okay okay post-undergrad undergrad. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting to the point of being like yeah we've been in the working world or the adult world adult world for like long enough that there's other more recent, more fresh meat postgrads coming out. 
any minute now, my sister is going to be a postgrad and that's crazy. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, can we even categorize ourselves as that? I don't know. But I think that was a, a good point you made, Linda, of like community is not the same as friendship. And that's something that I've come to realize after graduating. And I think listening back to this episode, we we're talking like, oh, how are we going to make friends? How do we recreate this community feeling? And I think because we had no other idea in my head at that time, I was like, for a community, I need friends. And like more friends means more community. Mm -hmm. And I think now I'm realizing that's not necessarily the case. You know, like we have Amoeba and Amoeba is like a great friendship, but mm -hmm. it's not quite the same as community that you would find in like TASA or, yeah, you know, other college. I think my boards. idea of community is like a group of people that are here for a shared purpose. Mm -hmm. More like so like in a way, Amoeba could be a community for like climbing, you know, mm -hmm. and in my case, um, I also had like a pottery community when i lived in frederick where we would all do wood fire and like see each other to take the same classes like we're not we're, we don't really know what's going on with each other's lives but we are comfortable like doing this task like in each other's presence kind of like and we're all passionate about this one thing so that kind of felt like a community to me do you think you have that we're now with your pottery? No, definitely oh, not. Oh. <laughs> Do you guys talk? I don't even know who's in my class. Oh. No, because these classes are asynchronous. I don't know if that's the right word, but you can start the classes at any day you choose. Oh, like rolling. So you're not on the same schedule. Oh. Like um, before, it would be a six-week class. All Like the first of the first class of the six weeks starts at the same time. So when you sign up, you sign up for the whole six weeks mm -hmm. um, for a certain session. Here it's like, oh, whenever you want to start, you just sign up starting from then and then you have 10 weeks. Mm. So people come and go. Yeah. And my teacher has also left. So now the teacher is also come and go. <laughs> oh. Uh, um, so like, it's like, yeah, it's hard. And yeah. it, it's not like we're like like wood firing really made us a community because we would put in extra hours to like glaze our things together and we're all like figuring it out. So we'll ask each other for help and try to go to sessions together for the glazing. And then for the actual firing, we take turns like manning the fire. So that kind mm. of felt a um, bigger sense of community too. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like it's really hard here in the city where everything's moving so fast and you don't really have time to like, carve time out of your schedule for something like that I also think like in college it was easier because everyone was the same age and this is again yeah. something we mentioned like in the podcast of like everyone is doing the same thing you're all there to get a degree theoretically so you're all going to classes and you're all uh, like experiencing kind of the same type of schedule and routine whereas like out in this non-college world like you could be doing so many different things, so many different hobbies, different ages, different priorities in life. And it's like, again, harder to feel that sense of shared purpose, shared community. Um, it's kind of how I've been feeling. Because <laughs> yeah. like, even when we do the book club now, I got into the trap of like, oh, book club, new friends, new people. Like, we're all here for one shared purpose of talking about a book. Maybe like, they'll become my next good friends. And then, you know, I was a little disappointed because like, that's, just because we meet like once a month to discuss a book doesn't mean that we are have any sort of community or commonalities beyond that. And I think that's a good thing, but it's hard to like adjust to that. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think things are moving towards more like activity-based community rather than identity-based. Mm, Maybe because in yeah. the city, finding like Asian American things are harder than in college where there was a bigger population. And things don't happen as yeah. frequently. Like for climbing, we'll see people around like a couple times a week and that can foster a sense of like, hey, like we see each other around. And like when they saw the people at the at the Kevin's housewarming, the people who climb at crystal city it was like these people are you know are living around but like once a month <laughs> meetings don't really do that much but for figure drawing i feel like it has potential mm. or maybe my mind is like thinking that we're closer than we are because we all take mm-hmm. off our clothes in front of each other <laughs> wait introduce figure drawings uh, yeah i don't think you mentioned it the listeners Oh, um, so yeah, Amelia invited me to her roommates and her like roommates friends group, like a friend group kind of that started hosting monthly figure drawing um, meetings where we all take turns to model and we all just draw each other. Um, and yes, yeah, so a lot of people from pottery from who know each other from friendships or from like art hobby groups um and yeah it's like a little get together to to do that but i've only started doing it recently like two or three times so do you meet more often than once a month or are you attributing the more sense of community to yeah the nakedness (laughs) the vulnerability Uh, (laughs) maybe that it is like once a month meeting um but there is like connections being made there like someone else had a housewarming and was inviting people to go Mm. so I think there's a shared personality but they're all like share other personalities other than me so it feels a little bit different like it's not a super diverse group I think but Mm -hmm. we all have the same interest so that can go from there yeah, I see yeah. what you mean now about like more activity based than like identity based community, um, which is I think I'm feeling the lack of like I, I'm missing the identity based. Like I talk to you guys mm-hmm. about like not identity politics, but like, you know, our identity as Asian Americans, we talk about that. But it's like different than having like going to that panel, Linda, was like, whoa, like it awoke like some sleeping part of my brain that hasn't been touched since college basically like Mm -hmm. I haven't had those kind of critical ways of thinking in that particular way since TASA or some of my Asian American studies classes and I didn't realize how much I missed that and I don't know I think I'm gonna try to find as many panels as possible (laughs) even though that might not bring like friend-based community it'll bring like I don't know Mm-hmm. What was the crowd like at the panel? Like, were, are they possible oh. community members? Uh, I don't know. When I, I was so I was paying so much attention to the actual like they had a they had three guests on the panel and then a host, a moderator. So I was paying attention to them, and they were older. They were like, um, more professionals. Like, I don't know, further into their careers, definitely not fresh postgrads, mm-hmm. um, because they were talking about their careers and things like that. But the crowd mm-hmm. was like leaned i mean very much asian east asian but also mm-hmm. younger maybe uh what do you think mm-hmm. linda 
Mm, I wasn't looking around that much. It was interesting because there were some people who were like landscape architects mm, and yeah. they weren't in like the Asian I think because it was like a collab. Yeah, it was like a collab yeah. event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But. but there were some like young people and we met some guy after because oh, we yeah. went <laughs> to get food somewhere and then we saw some guy who was there at the event too and he was like, are you students in the area yeah. <laughs> or something? And then I was like, Ming, like he's, he's community with us <laughs> um but maybe not really um anyways yeah oh Ming, one of the regrets that was in the episode was the two of us running away from identity-based organizations oh yeah in college. yeah yeah so me i was like running away from tasa to like mm-hmm. be on like on the board and then Ming, like, what was what was your thing? I think what I said on the episode was I regret running away from Sigma's the Asian sorority. Oh. Sally, do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, yeah, you're you're right, Linda. There was like a whole section in this episode about like some of our regrets, and not even like the re- or at least I think for me it wasn't the regret of like Sigma's itself. It was more like the fact that I I didn't follow through with like doing something. So, mm-hmm. why are you bringing this up, Linda? Are you saying that we should try to create community with that man in the panel? <laughs> that uh, all right. Um, forget about this man. Okay. So, do you still <laughs> regret like the not getting involved with Sigmas now mm. that it's even harder to find something like that? Oh man. Uh, hmm. I feel like my opinions actually haven't haven't changed that much. I I don't regret dropping Sigmas. Like I don't think that was the community for me. I don't think I would have, you know, stayed active that long. But um, yeah, I think I I do. It's like smaller now because it's three years away. Like <clears throat> I don't stay awake thinking about it, you know, at night anymore or at all. But I'm more open to like you know, following through with commitments to like this book club thing. Um, I was very candid with you all that like after the first meeting, I didn't think like that's what I really expected. And I was like, maybe Mm -hmm. this isn't the book club for me or like maybe we can regroup and like do another book club later. But we have been doing several meetings now and like it's gotten better gradually and like I committed to it. So I'm like happy that we've read a few books with it. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't think that was all because of like my feelings about Sigmas, but you know, <laughs> um, following yeah. through with commitment maybe is something I learned. That makes and, sense. Yeah. yeah. Cause what you never you know think? how it's going to end based yeah. on your first impression. What do you think Linda about your, um, regrets not following through with Tassa being ASU rep, I think was the goal. <laughs> Yeah, which I totally forgot about since yeah. until I listened to the episode, which shows how much it has like escaped my <laughs> my brain. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't regret it. I don't know what I was thinking back then when I said it. Maybe it was like so fresh when we were recording that episode, and like we were around a lot of the same people, so Tasso was still on our minds. But I think I got what I. Like the friendships I've siphoned out of the community um, are still around. And maybe that, like, that's the cycle. You kind of just like mm. siphon out the people who you connect with. And it's a selection other process. People are there. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 Speaking of like cycles, 
that's something that when I was listening back to the episode, I was realizing like, wow, our lives are actually very not repetitive in a bad way, but almost like cyclical. Like one of the things that you talked about, Sally, was that you um mm-hmm. you felt like you had regressed after moving back home, like not living on campus anymore. And I not to say that Linda felt regression, but you Linda, you spent like some time after your first up like place in DC back home. And it was interesting to think about how like three years, like there are waves and like some things repeating repeat themselves and like similar themes of like finding community and friends and like you know it it wasn't groundbreaking you know everything comes back does that make sense yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. even people who we thought we'd never talk to again would still come back yeah (laughs) yeah that is true it's crazy how many people i've run into just from being at gw from my past oh um Which I like never expected them to meet them there, but they came back. Yeah. I mean, speaking of GW, um, when I was listening, it was it was so sweet. At the end, we were talking about our postgrad plans. And I felt like this was the time capsule in action, like thinking or listening to like all our different plans for the future. And I think, Sally, you're the only one that has adhered uh, to the yeah, plan. So no. far. So what far. What were your plans? Um, I, I wrote it down after listening to it. I said that I would work for one to two, well, I was looking for a job and I could, I could sense the anxiety in my voice about finding a job, <laughs> which I did find a job, but I said I would work one to two years and then apply to grad school. <laughs> and now it's been over two years that I've been at the same job. So, and I don't really have any aspirations for grad school right now. So that was interesting. Um, Linda, do you remember yours? I think same as yours, Ming. Um, I did not end up going into grad school, but it might be in the future. Mm. So, mm-hmm. yes, Sally's was, I will yes. apply in two years for grad school. And <laughs> like that happened. <laughs> there was also, so if you were to, oh, sorry. If you're going to remake your two slash three year plan, what would be, what oh, would be happening two or three years from now? I should have known that question was going to be for this episode. Uh, I don't know. Linda, do you have any thoughts? It'll be the same plan from three years ago. Grad school. Grad school, like 50 years old. Grad school. Grad school. Grad school. Um, I, I don't know. I think grad school like comes and goes for me. But right now it's like it, it's, it's not on my mind because mm, it'll always be there. So. Yeah. I also think we were the way I was talking about grad school in the episode three years ago. And even now I see it as like a very um a kind of a laid out path of like, okay, if you go to grad school, then you're at least you have one goal in mind for like the next two years. And that's to graduate, to get your degree. And at the time, like three years ago, with all the uncertainties of like COVID and like graduating, being an adult, like the idea of being in a, having a goal um, was really like comforting. And I don't think I Mm -hmm. need that right now. Like I don't, I don't mind not having such a strict goal. So I'm not like leaning on the possibility of grad school you know yeah well i'm gonna be in grad school so yeah. <laughs> Sally, something still in grad school that you said in the episode was like you were unsure of what you want in a job do you still feel that way mm. if i wanted a job or what i wanted in a job i don't i um i think of like what you wanted you were just like i want to go to grad school and like get a phd but you weren't sure what direction that would like take you oh, okay okay 
Yeah, I feel like I'm still the same way. Like I've been listening to a bunch of different career panels, like like workshops and stuff like that. Um, since I graduated, because like the postdoc position or program that I was in in Frederick had some of those, and then now we have a little bit of career development in our program. But the conclusion is still like I don't really know. I know I'm leaning more towards um, farms big pharma, pharmaceutical, <laughs> small pharma, I don't know, startup pharma, uh-huh. something like that. Um, but uh, I don't know what exactly, because that's still a pretty big realm of different jobs. Um, like some b- top contenders are probably just like basic R&D, because mm. that's what I know mm-hmm. to do, like how to do. Um, and I've also considered contracting Contra- no not contracting sorry consulting um because Ooh. it seems fun to do as a biology or yeah biology phd major seems like a more unique job mm. compared to like what i've been doing my whole life so i would be interested in trying that out because yeah no i would just be interested but i don't really know how to get like real experience to know whether or not i like the job besides actually doing the job itself you know like people say to do informational interviews but i don't know how much information that actually gives you (laughs) yeah also like it's very biased right yeah talk to depending on the company the position the person so um before we turn it over to our past selves i (laughs) i was curious if you all had any just general thoughts about the episode or about the fact that we're we're now like three years out of college. Um, if you had any sentiments or feelings about that. I don't think about college anymore. <laughs> now that we're three years away from it. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. Like, I really don't think I miss it too much besides the fact that my friends are all like in one area. Now it's so inconvenient to see my friends since really takes like months of planning to have one meetup sometimes. So that part I miss. But like other than that, I don't know what I I would. I really don't remember what it was like to be in college. Hmm. Linda? I feel like I do miss it, but not in the way that I wish I could go back, which <laughs> is probably good. But I miss who, like the energy I had back then, like listening <laughs> to myself in the episode, like wanting to do all these things. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can do it now. Maybe I've been feeling too like, like I'm in just in one place, working recently, um, and like struggling to find extra curriculars and like um yeah just having a lot of like dense interactions in one place I think contributed to the energy I think the year of like in the pandemic of staying at home really like just like sapped some Mm. of it Mm. yeah Um, yeah I guess it's hard to think about the effects when it's so long term um yeah, I guess the transition was kind of jarring for us in mm-hmm. our year. I mean, now I don't think about it as much, but when I was listening back, it was like the memories have yeah. re, like really resurfaced. Like mm-hmm. some things I just completely forgot about, like the feeling of like walking up to a frat party and like <laughs> um, being like nervous about uh-huh. that. 
like mm-hmm. once I was listening, I like just fully remembered it, even if I don't think I would. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I agree. I I'm not thinking about college. Definitely not as much as like 2020 when we were just like at home being wishful. Um, but I do. I don't know. Kind of what I said earlier about like everything's being like uh, what is it? Secular? Psych- cyclical. 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 Or like uh, waves of similar feelings. I think honestly, that's kind of comforting when I think about like when I was listening to the episode, I was kind of like smiling a little bit because it's funny how similar worries um, and thoughts like some things have changed and I feel like I have grown. But in other ways, like it's like we'll always be looking for community and friendship and like connection. Mm-hmm. And like the, I feel like the more comfortable I get with that idea, like the better I'll feel about like not stressing that I don't have you know an api community right here in dc right now you know like yeah it's kind of reassuring i guess Mm -hmm. but yeah um linda when when i i I like laughed out loud when i was mentioning broccoli like hearing the music of like 2016 (laughs) and being sent straight back it almost made me want to put on that playlist like right there and in there in that moment just to remember like those like Mm -hmm. really visceral feelings to have fun, what more reason is there? A perfect individual. <laughs> <laughs> mm. For me, like currently, I feel like I I'm actually in contact with a lot of like kids. I would say I would call them kids <laughs> that are in undergrad. Like my sister is mm. a sophomore. A lot of the kids that I've worked in my previous lab and now my permanent lab are undergrads so it's just like seeing them go through their daily life like taking classes like having stressing about orgo i was like oh my <gasps> god that was uh-huh. so long ago um but it's really nice to see them like going through the same struggles as that we were back in the day so in some ways like a lot has changed like they are like very mature surprisingly to me <laughs> so- um yeah, I thought it was like a very like like a child in college. Like I very un- incomplete. Like I didn't know what I was doing. But like nowadays, these college kids like they are pretty competent and mm-hmm. they know what they want. Which like I even I don't even know if I know that right now, which is surprising. But anyways, to see them going through their struggles like makes me feel happy to like be able to watch that happening again. Kind of like I'm reliving it. Oh, happy to watch them struggle <laughs> yes yes i want my sister to struggle i can laugh at her <laughs> wait don't you work with undergrads in your lab yeah we do yeah. Every environment yeah that was one that's taking the mcat this summer and she's uh, like telling me how she's studying for aging practice exams i'm like wow couldn't be me <laughs> But yeah, continue. No, I was just going to say, yeah, you must have the most of all of us. Like, you're confronted with the youth, like, more frequently than us. Yeah. Because you're with them, you're working with them. And Uh because in the episode, you were talking about, like, how you liked talking to your TAs in the lab. And I assume they were, like, older grad Oh, my gosh. You reminded me. Yeah. Yeah. And now you are, like, in the lab. (laughs) Yeah, I understand why like talking or 
yeah, I understand why I like talking to TAs so much now and why they like talking to me. So in my previous rotation lab, I had two undergrads that were actually three undergrads who were seniors. And now they're like about to graduate, which is so soon. But mm-hmm. they're like asking me questions about, oh, you know, like, where should I live? Because one of them was staying mm. the, in GW for med school. And like another one is asking me about like post back positions. And I was just in their shoes two years ago. Wow. So the cycle just repeats itself. Yes. Everything is a circle. We, we, it's a big circle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we can circle back to our previous, our previous um, <laughs> and hear about our struggles. So as graduating seniors, we've all been receiving loads of emails about how this is a bittersweet occasion, which there's a pandemic going on, but this is also a cause to celebrate and a big milestone for a lot of us. And I think for for me and for you guys, it's a big step um, to graduate college. So looking back at our four years um, together at UMD, what was the memory that um, strikes you the most or that you would carry with you? I think for me, I really liked um, having like that group of girls that we were, we would do um, table talk after, <laughs> like we would, so we would go out after going out some nights um, and then the next morning we'd have like a table talk where we brought in all our thoughts and like ate breakfast together. It was super cute back then. And I don't know why we stopped doing it, but I guess everyone got busy and we didn't really go out after like freshman or sophomore year. So it's kind of sad seeing like the friend group dissipating, mm-hmm. but that was one of my favorite memories of college. What about you guys? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think like the only thing that's keeping me optimistic or not super sad about missing graduation and like celebrating this big milestone the way we wanted to um, is the fact that like our friendships hopefully will continue and like i'm sure the three of us will still stay in touch because we have been doing it for like eight years now so what's gonna stop now but like other friendships that we gained along in college like those are the real things that i'll remember i don't even remember like i was trying to help my sister with some um college level like biology i couldn't remember any of that stuff i barely remember math so it's not specifically the like the academic stuff that I'll remember the most I think it's like the people the friendships I made and even the friendships that I made and that have kind of faded like those will still hold like very fond memories for me Mm -hmm. um I can't think of any specific ones because there's just been so many but I think um college was like the first time where I took trips just with friends and not with family and that was a big um moment I guess is like gaining that our Taiwan trip yeah, like going to Taiwan, going to New York, going to South Carolina, which I kind of forgot that we Boston? even did. Boston, <laughs> like all these trips like up the coast. Um, I could have never imagined in high school that I would have a friend group that I would feel one, like safe with and be responsible enough to like plan those trips. So I'm really like those are very fond memories that I'll still remember. Mm-hmm. Linda? Um, I think you you guys kind of touched on the <laughs> the memories that I just like can't forget or like it would be impossible not to think about like memories with friends with going out. But like Sally said, really like the 
debriefing after mm-hmm. where we would just talk about whatever um whatever happened um it might be embarrassing but it would it would just like feel okay the next morning when we would talk about it um like sitting i think the imagery that i have is like sitting at the circle table yes. in mm-hmm. the diner and then all of us are there with like our breakfast and stuff i remember like when like we would go to the diner we would have like something that we would like habitually take um mm. and i kind of remember those like those meals the most um i remember we I always treat ourselves with waffles yeah <laughs> waffles yeah like after cream. finals or something mm-hmm. we would get waffles with ice cream on it mm-hmm. um that's that was a pretty good memory and i remember sitting at the at the big table with all of us and with ming's redacted and <laughs> <laughs> i remember that too that was so funny <laughs> And we were all like trying to eat waffles. <laughs> it was okay. like six of us, and then mm-hmm. one Ming was redacted. I also remember chasing me and Mil- William. I don't know if Luna. was there, but we chased another redacted on. Oh, skinny ankles! <laughs> no, I wasn't there. <laughs> but like, I guess the feeling of freshman and sophomore year where we would go out and meet people mm-hmm. and and like either like date or flirt or um try to go out with people because i don't like either i don't think either of us um dated seriously in high school so that was a big step um like step in opening up for the first two years of college mm-hmm. i think it was like like especially during the freshman and sophomore years is we didn't we weren't tied down to like sally said the responsibilities of schoolwork so we we kind of had the time to like indulge i guess in um thinking about this or overthinking it like i often did (laughs) and so a lot of my again favorite memories i guess is being in uh the room that i shared with my roommate hannah um and just like like over talking about it or linda and i would like lay on the floor and like do um like simulation i don't know like plan it out oh my gosh gosh. (laughs) i didn't think i was gonna say that but like plan out like what i was gonna say or like how this could happen and i don't know that that was really like i remember just feeling like really like kind of anxious about it but in a Mm, good way almost yeah like excitement Mm -hmm. like the okay it's very cliche to say the butterflies but like the (laughs) The realization that like anything could happen, I guess, is what I miss almost because once we got into like junior and senior year, um, academics became more of a focus. And then also our friend groups became more solidified and we were hanging out with the same people, which is great and all. But like freshman and sophomore year was really that like time where, wow, we could like make friends with any of these people. And I kind of wish I had taken more advantage of that. So yeah. I miss like that. We all lived in North Campus, and then we would see mm-hmm. the same people like multiple times a day. I think I kind of took it for granted about how we can like scrounge someone up, um, like whenever, and have a conversation. But living in South Campus, you're like you're just kind of separated. It's like not the same. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember I, when you guys lived in the different community on North Campus, and I was mm-hmm. the one um, by the diner, and you guys would like come over like to eat at the diner but then my room was the closest so we'd end, end up there like i'm your room was grateful. a dark hole yeah. <laughs> it was a black hole we would stay there for hours and never leave. Really... <laughs> i'm glad that i didn't have to go back in the middle of the night 
to the other It was community. a scam because we always had to walk back in the middle of the night. In the cold. But you never walked to us. <laughs> no, why would I? The diner is right next to me. <laughs> Wait, I liked having that kickback in Ming's room. Yeah. I, was, I, I really miss that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really miss dancing and ex- like in Ming's room and like even mm-hmm. at parties but and stuff like that. But I miss dancing with like all my friends. And now I feel like I haven't danced. I really like let go and dance like that since sophomore year. It's because Sally, you need to come to Seastone with us. <laughs> we kept oh, asking you to go, but you were like, no. <laughs> That's true. I guess we can go into more of not regrets per se, but like things we wish, like I wish I had been. Um, better at making friends i guess at the beginning um and like going out and stuff like i don't really have that many regrets about it because i feel like we we did and we had a lot of fun especially second semester freshman year where we were we kind of went out kind of too much maybe (laughs) that might be a regret (laughs) but like um it's interesting to see how like people not age through alcohol but like you know, like some people I know who are like super partiers and would go out to frat parties and bars like every night freshman year. By the time we got to like senior year, they were like over it. Like mm-hmm. someone I know even told me that like he doesn't he can't drink anymore. So it's like <laughs> that progression, I guess. And I think we we might have taken it a different way where um, since we didn't really do it that much to begin with. <laughs> like senior year, we were able to still enjoy like occasionally going out and stuff like that. So in, in moderation. Yeah, I don't I, I guess it's not a regret, but it's like it's interesting to see where everyone could have ended up in that that way of like socialization, I guess. And it like whenever I think about this, I also think about like the time Sally and I almost like got into a sorority and like where that could have like headed <laughs> us towards. Um our friend groups could have been completely different or I don't know, it's just if weird only, to think about these. If only I didn't if only if I didn't have to teach Orgo Lab that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you missed it by like one um was it a meeting? Yeah, it was like to? a introduction meeting thing. Yeah. But like, what if we had done that earlier? Or, you know, some people who join like Greek life like freshman year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think all I did freshman year was the horticulture club. Which <laughs> I kind of like horticulture. Club. Wait, no, I like we... running down that hill afterwards. <laughs> didn't we join AMSA for like two seconds? Oh, right, AMSA. I completely wiped that from my mind. <laughs> but yeah, those kind of clubs, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. I miss. I really wish I got to know people in my um, community mm-hmm. in my scholars program more, especially people on my floor. Because I spend like all my time in your dorm, so I didn't really get to bond with people on my floor. Mm-hmm. But I probably should have like split my time more between the two. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have any? Um, I again, I don't think regret is the right word, but like since we all knew each other from high school, like us and William, we kind of we didn't cling to each other, but we did like hang out together a lot. At mm-hmm. least at the beginning of freshman year, before we found yeah. our own like friend groups. Um, do you regret that or you're happy with how that ended up, I guess? I mean, I feel like it's comforting having, having you guys there because I know that I have support if I want to branch out and make new friends, but I already have really good friends. Um, so that Mm -hmm. kind of made it less scary to put myself out there. So I don't think it was like a limiting factor in Mm -hmm. a way. Mm -hmm. I agree. I am happy with how the way things um ended up i don't think i would change it mm-hmm. but i do remember mm-hmm. we were 
not like clinging, I guess, but I think when me and William get together, we're just like, oh, like we don't want to socialize, blah, blah, blah. So we need like someone else. Like, I think sometimes Ming would like push us to go out um, and hang out in a big group. And I think sometimes you kind of need that, that person that's a little, not like extra, but like kind of pushing you out to make new friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know every time we went out with like our other group, like our bigger group of friends, the three of us would just be in a corner and then Ming would be the only one talking to them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how that happened though, but yeah. I guess I, I don't really regret it either. I think we struck a good balance, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I wish that I had gotten involved in like different clubs earlier, I guess, but it's only like a one year difference. Like, the things I'm thinking about, like Technica and Tassa and all that, like, yeah, I didn't do it freshman year, but I was also like just still figuring out how college worked freshman year, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think also, one I club. Know. No, go ahead. <laughs> I think one club I would have wanted to try maybe is like like we said in the last so last episode, Tianyi. Like the oh. Chinese dance team, that would be mm-hmm. cool if it started like freshman year or even sophomore year. I think that might have been fun, but I don't We're know. Talking how about hard joining Shu for a bit, oh, yeah, year. that would have been fun. Mm-hmm. Although it's kind of, I don't know any wushu, so I don't know if I can keep up. <laughs> One like regret or something that I have is remember when. I ran for a C rep for TASA mm. and then I rescinded mm. the thing because of the whole like drama, I guess, with with Vincent. And I'm thinking like if I stuck if I stuck with it, if I became a C rep and got more mm. involved in TASA, like would I have mm. would I have been able to, I guess, change anything uh, the way I wanted it to be? Or did I just like because I feel like I really did run away, um, which is a regret, but I also know that during that time I was like I didn't have the capacity I wasn't able to face so many people that had like different opinions than mm-hmm. me which is like I know my younger self wouldn't have been able to handle it but still I wonder what like what could have happened if I stuck with it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I think in that in a very different way but in a similar feeling of like what if and feeling that I ran away from something is again the the I don't want to say like the sorority thing just because of like oh the clout and everything but it was something that I could have like they thought that I could have made it so like why didn't I think I could have done it I guess or I guess that's the only regret I have not because I like oh I could have been part of this group or whatever but it's because I gave up and mm-hmm. so I, fi- I find that like all of my regrets are like what happens when I give up too easily and so maybe that's a lesson I need to learn <laughs> that I still haven't yeah. learned yet but like Anytime that I think like I can't make it or I'm overwhelmed, even though like other people are objectively saying that I could have done it, like I don't know why I give up on it. So I think that's my only like solid regret of not trying to like see it through. Um, mm-hmm. or like so I'm gonna be try try to be better like once I commit to something to like follow it through, I guess. Yeah. But also like you never know, because what if you joined it and it turned out to be terrible, you know, because it's true. okay to give up. Um, so on one hand, it's like, it might be a regret, but also might not be because you don't know what you could have, like, you would have avoided. Yeah. I just hate the feeling of like, I had the capacity to do it. Like, 
and I I said I would do it, and then I like rescinded or like I mm-hmm. I um mm-hmm. yeah I lied. Sometimes I feel like that, like um or sometimes like when I was offered a position at like a internship or something. There was this one situation where I interviewed for the health communication center on campus, and it was like something I'm interested in, but just because it seemed like I couldn't handle it or it seemed a little like not exactly what I thought it was. Um, I said no to it. And so I still Mm -hmm. think about like, oh, what if I had done it? I don't know. Those kind of things where like it's offered, like it's literally given Mm -hmm. and I had Mm -hmm. applied and I had done all that. Like, why didn't I do that? I guess. Maybe it ties back into, sorry, like the imposter (laughs) syndrome thing. I know this Mm -hmm. might be like stretching it a bit, but I saw this graphic on Instagram recently when it showed like the different kinds of imposter syndrome. I've never seen like broken down like that. Like it was one um, one thought that it was like, why can't I do it if I'm supposed to be smart? And another thought was like, I can do it better than other people. Mm. Um, so I think that goes into like, when you're applying to jobs, like you should go for something you're not qualified to do. But also, I don't want to do something that I'm not, not like, qualified to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, so educate. What were you going to say, Sally? Mm-hmm. Well, going back um, to what Ming was talking about, I guess I kind of felt the same way as her for this job that I'm like about to start. Um, when they first reach out to me, they send like an email saying what their lab does. And I guess in the email, maybe they didn't like sound that appealing or or it wasn't really aligning with what I put in as my research interests. So I didn't wasn't really thinking about giving this um, lab like a serious chance. Like, I wasn't really thinking about it seriously in my mind as a possible lab that I could do. Um, Like, they talked about a bunch of complicated techniques like expansion microscopy that I had no experience (laughs) in. And I was just like, I don't know if I can fit in this lab. But then when I actually did the insight interview, um, like, I saw what they did and they seemed like they actually liked me. So I guess that kind of boosted my confidence is Mm. just like trying it out and seeing how it goes first. So I don't know. I'm trying to give advice, but maybe just I'm just like reaffirming myself. But I think that it's always good to, I guess, just try it out until you fail. I feel like that's pretty important because you're in like a very industry specific thing, like expansion microscopy. Like people wouldn't be able to know it if they didn't study what mm-hmm. you were doing, which is kind of different from, I guess, what I'm doing, which is like transferable skills, like project management, um, like doing like making content which like people can just pick up really easily so i think it's good that you gave advice to people doing hard sciences that you can just try it because i feel like people would be too intimidated um by these by these techniques so it's good that you mentioned that Mm -hmm. it's okay to um to try it out even if you don't know i think what going back to what linda said um (laughs) about imposter syndrome i think like yeah we felt it in college but like even now more than ever, I feel it um, now that we're graduating. But in my mind, it's like a bunch of people are jobless or a bunch of people have been furloughed or laid off. And so who am I to like this new fresh new college graduate to be applying to these jobs where like people maybe like years ahead of me need the job? So it's hard to I mean, I still apply because I want a job, but it's like hard to get out of that mentality of like no one's going to pick me because I'm just recently graduated and like there's so many other people who are more mm-hmm. like qualified, quote unquote, um, for this job. 
Um, so I feel like that feeling won't go away. I don't know how to address that feeling, honestly. I thought college would change it, um, but I guess not. Yeah, I guess especially during this time where people are getting, people with like decades of experience have lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. It's like, do I like actually deserve this chance or this person hasn't worked hard for so long and like they also want it, but you also want to give yourself the chance. So yeah, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to our college years, um, did you guys have any more regrets or any reflections on like first times or first? I mean, I remember the first time that I um, actually moved into my dorm freshman year and all of Hannah's parents, like her, both of her parents and her brother were there <laughs> to help her move in. And I didn't know this girl beforehand. Like we had talked on Facebook a little bit maybe before and I was just it, it's what they tell you is true where you're like so stressed out that I, I was angry at my mom I was just like flustered I guess and trying to get settled as soon as possible but I don't remember feeling sad like that first night or missing anyone I guess maybe because we live so mm-hmm. close to home but yeah that first move-in experience was definitely I I won't remember I won't forget that because it was also super hot because it was summer or August in oh, Maryland yeah. I don't know. That's a very busy. Yeah, you know AC. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know how buildings still don't have AC on campus, but that having to shower twice a day still such a visceral like connection to freshman year, and that's how I feel mm-hmm. too when I listen to like my Spotify playlists. I have like some specifically for different semesters, and like as soon as I start playing that music and broccoli or something comes on, <laughs> oh my god! Like who said that meme? That was that was you. Sally. Let me describe them. The was it a tweet or is, I don't I know. know. It was a meme that I saw, and it was like, imagine um, it is twenty sixteen. <laughs> you are in the basement of a frat house. The ground is sticky, and there's like goop on your converse, and you just like you have like a shot of vodka, or you smell like vodka, and the broccoli is playing in the background. <laughs> a boy screaming about a darting in your ear. Oh yeah, <laughs> so visceral with that experience. It's like like that sweet brought me brought me back mm-hmm. all the way. <laughs> I bet like a bunch of different people can relate to that because honestly those parties were all the same. So mm-hmm. it was such a, like a vivid. It's such a vibrant um. Vi- vi- I don't want to say vibe because I hate that word, but like a vivid like <laughs> feeling experience environment mm-hmm. that I don't know. Kind mm-hmm. of miss it, but at the same time, I don't think I can go ever go back. <laughs> Yeah, I think we experienced it at like the perfect time when we were yeah. freshmen mm-hmm. and really young and it was like really new. So it was mm-hmm. it was fun and exciting and we could live with the grossness and like how like disgusting it was and all the different stuff because it was it was a fun experience. Like you're going out, it's like the promise of something new, like the night is young, all of this stuff. Um but I guess going back to what Ming was asking about the first times. I don't know if you guys relate to this as introverts, but college was the first time I was spending time 24-7 with people, mm. kind of like having a roommate. And I think that's kind of what forced, well, it kind of forces you to get closer to people because you're with them when, when they're happy, but also when they're frustrated, when they're stressed out. And I think that just makes you feel a lot closer to people. And before, when whenever there was someone else in the room, I would just be like, "Oh, to talk to them, blah, blah blah." But in college, I like I think we just sit together, mm. and that's it. And that would still be really fun. That's like what made it different, I guess, than being with our roommates versus being with 
not to say your roommates can't be your friends because I'm still really great friends with Hannah. Uh, but it's like it's different versus friends that you've known for a while. And so you don't have to like talk or entertain them. I remember um, the first like two weeks of college when we moved in. Hannah would like go out at night with friends from our floor. But for some reason, I was so antisocial. I didn't go out with them. I didn't like even I don't know. I didn't. So I would like stay up in bed like watching netflix or whatever on my own um but for some reason i couldn't go to sleep like my body would not relax until she like came back at like two sometimes three so i would sit there in my room like watching netflix and then eventually i'd get tired so i just lay in my bed but then i would like pretend to be asleep when she came in <laughs> because some like I, listening? I guess i was so tense about the fact that like this person has keys and like they could come in anytime and I don't know. It was oh, weird. Okay. But instead of like greeting her and being like, oh, how was your night? I would just pretend to be asleep. But also, you don't want to be waiting up for her like a dad or something. Right? Like totally my thumbs like, hello, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I things definitely like went the right way with her. It could have mm -hmm. been way worse, I feel like. Mm -hmm. She posted like on Facebook recently, like all these old pictures of mm -hmm. us in your room. And oh my gosh, I, I still need to comment. I just like trying to figure out what to say, but it just like took me back. And I'm like touched that she would remember these as one of like her college memories. I think she posted like a college memories like mm -hmm. post or something. And we were, it was like a picture of us in there. Yeah. Sometimes when I get like real introspective and I'm thinking about like, I know I've talked about Jesse before or like how that person was the most catalyst to making other friends. Sometimes when I'm feeling really like, so what's the opposite of humble like boastful bo not boastful <laughs> not prideful but it's just like i allow myself to think that maybe i had that impact on other people or maybe people think of me the way i think of like all my friends i made in college like as significant people in my life and then i think about it i'm like oh. i think you're the jesse and you're the jesse in my life <laughs> yeah because i feel Especially like you're tassa, tassa yeah 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 that's, I guess that's a compliment, but yeah, thinking how like each person is just like one connection, I guess. And then, I don't know, I stopped thinking about it. I stopped being introspective and then I go back to just like being grateful for the entire experience I had. But that's how crazy college is that you're so close and you're around those people um, that even though our campus is huge, like it is a public um, flagship university. So like there's thousands of students, but like Somehow people create their own like little communities, I guess. I think that's a really unique thing about living on campus that I'm glad that I did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like I regress after going, like moving back home to live because now I'm like even more antisocial than I was before. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I used to like hang out with people on campus 24 seven, like even studying. Mm -hmm. Like now I can't. I don't know. I don't. I just can't study with people anymore. It's so hard to focus and stuff. Mm. Do you guys remember though when we would used to like study in the fishbowl or like in the lounges? Yeah. And there would be a bunch of different people around us, but like, and your redacted would okay, be there. Okay, that's not what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> but there'd be a bunch of other people around there, and yeah, somehow we were all like struggling together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say something, but I forgot. <laughs> Before Sally said redacted. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i guess we could talk about that a little bit if you don't remember what you were gonna say linda talk about redacted not red not okay redacted as a phrase being like people we were talking to dating or seeing 
or I don't know, interested oh. in. And then it just like, it didn't happen, which is like when you would go out, remember when we would go out and then we would like interact with someone and then we'll see them in the morning oh the my next God. day, like in the diner and stuff. And then you'll just be like, it's so weird seeing these people in the daylight. I think that was like a very, I don't know if it's like trippy is the right word. Some people belong like, in the dark. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, like, I want to see them in the daylight. Yeah, especially when, um, for us as introverts, I guess, when we go out, it's like a, we're putting ourselves out there intentionally and it's like very different. Mm-hmm. At least for me, it's very different from how I come across, I guess, especially if you don't know me that well. So, like, mm-hmm. I can't look at people like in the dining diner, like when people would come in like Sunday morning, that that awkward cringe, but. Mm-hmm. But also I think putting a more negative light on things, if you guys remember the AGR mm-hmm. party mm-hmm. that happened mm-hmm. and it was like these two guys were, were making out or something and people were being homophobic. I was two girls. And, oh, it was two girls. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. It was like a gay couple. But it was like right that one time that Jethro came with us too. Yeah. Oh, I forgot really he was there. About that. Wait, I totally <laughs> forgot. Okay. Jethro was our friend from high school and he went to... Visited. Yeah, he was visiting from like uh, Las Vegas, I think. Mm-hmm. Or was he no, at... I, I don't, he wasn't in Las Vegas He's yet. still in California. He was at PUC California. Yeah, and we were all excited to like go out with him, especially because he went to a pretty small... Um, school that didn't have this like kind of nightlife so we were like taking him with us to this party <laughs> and then like shit like, we're like this gonna be so fun and so then <laughs> but linda continue i guess that was like a very shocking memory i have of of college or of going out that coming from like a very insular high school into like a pwi it was like my first time witnessing like outright hostility mm-hmm or like bigotry and it was weird because like you you kind of don't know how to react because everyone's drinking and like having a good time all your senses are kind of like dulled I guess so you're not reacting with the kind that kind of reaction that you want that you want to have because I remember thinking that I want to like fight back and stuff but like I like don't remember what happened like I just like couldn't do anything Mm -hmm. so it's like so many things that would happen in in frat parties and in like a going out environment yeah i think i think that um, you can go ahead Sally. That, i think that experience really um like reminded me that there's like so many like people can think so differently like there's so many people in the world that are thinking like have different morals and different beliefs and like before going into college i guess everyone in high school was pretty i want to say pretty liberal mm-hmm. pretty like demographic democratic and like but being in college i guess exposes you to the other types of people that are out there and you kind of forget that they're also there Mm -hmm. yeah i was just gonna like basically say the same thing where like we Mm -hmm. came from a a pretty privileged perspective i guess of like having different types of people around us in high school or and knowing that it's not okay to like say these homophobic and racist things and i think similar to linda how um we were just our minds were kind of clouded in that situation but we still knew it was wrong it's like that same thing where um we would go to like an asian party or something like that where like people who aren't black or african-american were saying the n-word and it was just like in that moment i what do we do like do we do anything or what can we do and it's instead it ends up just us like just looking at each other like 
how is this happening kind of thing but yeah yeah I, I never i almost felt like guilty for not like stepping in or stepping up and saying something but at the same time like i don't know it, it's like a like in that situation yeah i i don't know that that's definitely like a con a big con of like um being in those going out situations and it wasn't just going out either it was like sometimes even in i remember an incident happened in our my freshman year lounge where some inappropriate things and racist things were being said and like it's without your parents around or like other people who um believe in those perspectives like automatically it's like who's gonna say something kind of thing i think that's something that challenges you in college especially if you're coming from the opposite perspective i can't even like to come from okay i'm gonna like generalize and say like southern maryland or something like that (laughs) to come from those areas or not as diverse areas and then suddenly be like seeing all this diversity and like (sighs) i'm surprised that we don't have more incidents on campus to be honest but yeah probably we just don't know about them yeah or they go unreported or something Mm -hmm. but you guys remember i think it was just like a a thing that we would talk about in freshman year where like girls would get in for free mm. in frats and like if a girl was like oh. attractive enough I guess she could get in like guys who were with the group mm-hmm. or something and the ratio. I think we would go out like yeah the ratio we would go out as a group and then it would be like I would be like lacking behind with like some guy and I would just be like I'm not girl enough to get you in <laughs> like you have to go to the front <laughs> and I guess thinking like that it was like it's really weird like it it feels kind of anti-feminist, I guess, to go to these, to go to these frats and be like, "I'm a girl, so I can get in for for free in like a problematic environment." But I don't know. I like still can't like figure it out, like what I was supposed to be feeling or how I should have reacted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, that ratio thing. I completely forgot about that actually. But like, even during pregames, we would like figure out like coordinate who goes with who and like how that would break down and happen and sometimes like i think there was one situation maybe where like our group of guys didn't get in and so we ended up leaving or yeah i don't know that that was it's it's hard when you're like not to say that you can't be knowledgeable or know what to do when you're like younger but like i think when you are younger and when you're in that situation it's like how can you decide in that moment i guess especially when your friends are expecting you to go in or like this is the standard way to have fun in college is to go out to these kind of parties like i don't know did you feel more comfortable going to more like house parties or like um like what was that called the you know what i'm talking about those huh kickbacks no not kickbacks um the house that was like the void. The void. <laughs> the void. Everyone had to pay to get in, and it's mostly like music based, I guess. Yeah, I guess those are what the like alternatives are to frat parties at that point. Yeah, it would be nice if there would be there was a wholesome frat where they would play like, you know, like broccoli or something like that kind of music <laughs> instead of the void music. Yeah, <laughs> which I like, but it's not good for for dancing. No. And yeah. That would be like the ideal well partying environment. I didn't find it in college, but for like hopefully. a tiny second, a tiny second before we went upstairs and t- saw like the Trump flags and stuff like that, I kind of thought EGR was kind of like that because we got in with Jesse. Sure, they're like mm-hmm. country agricultural dudes, but like it was a very like it wasn't too crowded. 
sometimes they play good music. It felt kind of good to get on the spreadsheet. You know how you yeah. be like, I'll put you guys on the on the Excel. <laughs> and then you could just come in and no one had to pay. And it was just like, for that slim moment, it was very wholesome. And I, I enjoyed that. I kind of felt that same way about the engineering frat, if you remember freshman year. Um, the carpet? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, I felt, I didn't feel like I was being like, looked at at the front mm, i guess i could yeah. just have fun with my friends kind of i don't know why we didn't go back or what happened to it but yeah every other front has just been like kind of that you kind of like push down to have that fun while dancing mm. also i know we had like varied experiences but i enjoyed going to what is what is that club you went to in dc what was it called <laughs> ultra bar ultra bar oh, yeah, ultra bar i kind of like you, did, you like that we, huh we only went once right yeah, I only went once. Okay. And it was it was a varied experience. But I don't even remember it. But what did you like about it? I liked how there were options for like different music mm. and there was the different like floors. the space was mm. yeah, the space was pretty big. The floors weren't sticky. It had like good decoration, <laughs> I guess. I wasn't really thinking of anything. I was just like dancing with my friends, so like nothing really like um like dramatic happened. Until the end. Oh, Sally's. Oh, what's happening? Okay. But also, Hannah's losing her. No, phone. no, no, no. Oh yeah, yeah. Or getting her phone stolen, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, one of our friends. Well, I guess they weren't re- really with us, but they got kicked yeah. out because they were too drunk. That was. Mm-hmm. I think I agree with you. I vaguely remember it. I remember being kind of weirded out that there were a bunch of like guys kind of like lining the bar but oh, like, yeah, like the older yeah guys, yeah, guys yeah like the older guys was weird <laughs> but i guess once we started dancing it was pretty nice i don't know i vaguely remember that and then the whole meltdown with like hannah and like other people getting kicked out like yeah that was mm-hmm. that was not fun. i think that kind of like made the Tainted experience it. bad but other mm-hmm. than that other than that it wasn't like terrible <laughs> yeah although i remember the party at sally's house <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Sally's first throw, throwing a college party <laughs> first and last <laughs> but people had fun yeah that was fun yeah mm-hmm. I had fun as a host it was something very like classically like Americana like you see it in movies and stuff like yeah. that and I thought that it seemed like something we should have done in high time. school mm, yeah also another good memory I have is us having hot pot in my apartment for new year's that one time i think it was just us three Mm -hmm. and i was on duty so i was very touched that you guys came over to um to my apartment we had hot pot in my kitchen and then you guys kept kept, like getting mad at me because i didn't have anything (laughs) we always get mad at you (laughs) you never have anything yeah so like every but yeah we should continue that yeah i was gonna say the tradition um every mm-hmm. new year's yeah. eve or new year's somewhere around then we always have hot pot it, it's mostly at sally's house because she has she does have all the supplies <laughs> um but yeah when guess- you bought a lettuce <laughs> i mean a cabbage or what is it yeah you bought something you brought something weird <laughs> i brought like iceberg lettuce for the hot pot because it was my first hot pot and i didn't know and sally just said vegetables so i was like i have iceberg lettuce and then i brought it and then no one ate it and it was embarrassing but now i know <laughs> I think I yeah, miss continue. those moments too of like when Sally did live in an apartment um, or when we were able to cook at Linda's and we made some trips to like H-Mart or um, different like Asian shopping. And that was mm-hmm. like my first time, I think, doing that in college. 
and like overall my first time going to those sorts of places and so that still has a a nice like memory as a part of my college experience of doing that with you guys and then cooking together like I really enjoyed that mm-hmm. I kind of miss I wish that oh I wish in the future we could all live together yeah again. like maybe in an apartment that'd be really fun I I miss that a lot now like being at home is great and everything but like I miss um being around people my age I guess like my peers Mm -hmm, and yeah I think that's another thing that's super unique about a college is like when you're an undergrad like you are surrounded by people of your age who are like all doing the same thing and it's like such a comforting Mm -hmm. feeling I guess and so um yeah like even if we didn't bond with those people it was nice being in the in the space together mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like seeing people cram in the library and stuff was kind of comforting to me (laughs) of like okay everyone's going through this i can do this too um or like people staying up or like i i'm the sort of person who like will always ask i i do this all the time to linda when because we were in the same major and this probably annoyed her but i would always ask her like oh how far along are you on this or like did you get your grade back on this and it's not because i'm i guess i am trying to compare myself but not in like a way where like oh we need to have like i need to have better grades but more of like i just need to know that i'm on the right path that like i'm headed the right way um and so, like, I guess the whole college environment was kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree with you. Well, I, I guess I'm not really the same where I ask people how far along, but, like, for people in my major, I think we really formed, like, a very, like, a bond <laughs> under pressure <laughs> because we'd all struggle together um, to, through these classes and then um, had these, like, a few friends where we'd be like, oh, this was so hard and like complain about the teachers and stuff like that. And then we all like had the same teachers. So we knew exactly what we were talking about. And it was just, it's very bonding. Mm-hmm. Like we form, I guess like whenever you like go to a new lab, we find a new, you're paired with a new lab partner, but then we can kind of bond immediately because we have these shared experiences, which is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. I guess it's very unique and special bond like for classmates and for like coworkers in college I wouldn't say that we're friends but I still like treasure the connection I have because you can't really have it with anyone else um I remember doing my last like RA staff meeting we were giving out like paper plate awards and like the awards were like most likely to say shut up so the meeting would end <laughs> and it's like we we kind of know each other so well in this space even though we're not like friend like friend friends that like there's still that tangible connection we're just like mm-hmm. how am i gonna find it outside of college especially when we can't like see like seeing one so mm-hmm. yeah i might be like forever trying to recreate that environment <laughs> which is bad because no one wants to be the person who's like reliving their college years or anything but yeah forming that community of even pressure under fire i think that's why some people like well I don't want to speak for you guys, but for me, I think that's why I almost defaulted to like at the very beginning thinking about going to med school or grad school because it's like I'm trying to continue that environment as long as possible in a way. Mm -hmm. And especially when I watch like medical shows or when I hear people complain about it, it's like it's again the same situation where they're going through trials of tribulations and so they're bonding over it. So like, (laughs) how can I figure that out? How can I keep that going? But eventually I realized that's not for me. Yeah. Also, the learning environment in college is also really precious because these people are, you see people who are, like, really passionate about what they're studying and, like, they're not, like, beaten down by their jobs yet. So Mm -hmm. they still, like, I don't know, they still have that feeling going for them. And I think for, like, some majors, I tend to, like, be derogatory. Like, (laughs) 
you're majoring in economics. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, fix it? Um, <laughs> but if you're what? Huh? I don't know what I'm saying. But it's nice to be in an environment where people are very passionate about learning and mm-hmm. producing knowledge and seeking out teachers. Um, it's I don't know. It it lights a fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think going forward, that's kind of why I want to pursue graduate studies, is because I love this like learning environment and like even though we all struggle it's like nice having people to struggle together and i feel like i feel like grad school is okay i can should we pause again (laughs) sally sally okay we should wait until she oh oh my gosh are you back do you want to uh, do you want to pause okay. or do you want to say what you were saying? I'll just repeat what I was okay. saying. I, I stopped in the middle when I realized. Okay. Okay, what was I say? Oh, I feel like grad school is kind of like a heightened learning environment because you're actually stuck with like a cohort of people that you're all like you're all aiming for a PhD together and you're not like changing classes every semester. You're seeing you're stuck with these people for four or five years or whatever so it might be like my form even closer bonds so i'm like excited for that hating them though (laughs) that's true four or five years i guess you never know but in my experience Mm -hmm. with like other grad students i've talked to i think they really like it and they have like happy hours together every week so it sounds really wholesome i wish you went to more happy hours Mm, that is true (laughs) before all of this happened i think i went to to happy hour every week last (laughs) Okay, Sally, what? where was our invite you came like once, once? no linda's and yours so yeah. our birthdays our birthdays yeah your birthdays <laughs> i'm glad we were invited oops <laughs> i think the happy hours are like preferable for me because it's like not in the dark of night and um mm-hmm. we could eat food <laughs> but then again you can't dance or it's like weird to dance at a happy yeah. hour so i guess there's pros and cons both to day both and night. going yeah to going out yeah it's kind of strange to drink during the day too mm-hmm. because you end up like, so what tired. are you gonna do with that <laughs> that reminds me <laughs> you're, yeah, you're just gonna get sleepy that one time the, our first and only darty that we went to do you guys remember that <laughs> yes yeah. yeah very clearly it was so weird because it was also themed it was like tropical themed i guess and so oh, yeah. it was like bamboo and you were supposed to wear like tropical printed shirts and stuff like that and there was like dizzy bat and i remember carlos getting like super dizzy and that was kind of crazy and then when we left um and then we were like oh we're gonna do some homework before we go out again tonight (laughs) so we sat in like the lounge like not doing any homework and then eventually i think we did go out that night and i was like i can't remember that people i can't believe people would like do this every i think we're like we're still drunk Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad that we went to one though. I guess to get that experience. Yeah, I, I feel like everyone started, should experience that at least once. Mm-hmm. Experience. What, I feel like everyone should experience the different types of like drinking. I don't know social <laughs> gatherings at least once. No, I kind of agree with you. Yeah, especially in college, mm-hmm. like any like unless you have a really good reason or like a test or something coming up, like why not just say yes or try it or mm-hmm. I don't know. I I think I really got more into that attitude like um like senior year especially first semester when i was like this is my last like this is the last Mm -hmm. october this is the last halloween like 
in college mm-hmm. why not just like go ahead and do it so yeah i guess that's i don't know if i would say that's advice because that probably won't work for some people but mm-hmm. those new opportunities also, um, i don't know if me and you would relate but as like student affairs workers it's kind of like tainted my view of like college but this is an environment where all these people are invested in your growth i guess in your personal and professional development like you have the the career center which i never went to mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> me neither <laughs> and then there's Apple, which which we we did try out and i'm glad for that and the counseling center and you have ras that are supposed to help you but like as an ra and like seeing all the behind the scenes stuff it's like people do really have good intentions mm-hmm. um to help students so it's there even if it's not like readily apparent or even if it's hard to see yeah i think uh what you're saying like reminds me before i got into college like um being a senior in high school or something like that and i remember like maybe my family members or something would say like i would say something like oh i'm excited to like finally be independent and be on my own and be an adult and then some family member or something would say like being a college student you're not really on your own and you're not really an adult and at the time i was like kind of annoyed like that's so patronizing like how would you say that but i guess now having (laughs) gone through it looking back now i kind of agree with that like like you were saying college especially um a college with all of our resources that we do have and the fun like the state funding like you're kind of given everything like it might be hard to find and you might have to go search a little bit for it or um go to office hours or like reach out to people but it is there and so everything was like delivered on a nice silver platter that we paid thousands of dollars for and i can't believe like Mm -hmm. i didn't take it up or like accept it or appreciate it i guess at the time like you guys were saying um going to the career center or i don't know going to office hours i wish i really talked to a professor you know like maybe when we were talking about that that one professor we were both gonna talk oh, to but yes. then we never did that's one of one of their regrets that is true i can't why why did we let ourselves especially when we were in the same class just sit there every yeah. week literally every week we would say oh he's such a cool professor we should go talk to him during office hours and he would always announce his office hours and was like was friendly with other students and we would just sit there being like oh just be like dot 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 like <laughs> And it, like the semester ended and we never did it. I can't believe that. I think I even mm-hmm. did. I message him on LinkedIn. But you connected with him on LinkedIn. I think I tried to and he never replied or something like that. But like, I mean, you're a LinkedIn hoe. <laughs> Yo, I'm trying to get a job out here. But that that is true. As cliche as it is, when people are like, talk to your professors and go to office hours. It's like, yeah, that's a regret. Definitely. I sent my professor a thank you email the other day because she wrote me the recommendation letter from my grant for the k-pop study like three years ago oh. so i was right here i was like i don't know if you remember this but i really appreciate like the opportunity like if you didn't write for me i wouldn't be able to get um to get this far and she was like of course i remember wow. you what? and it was like it felt so nice and she was like it's touching that you reached out to me and um, it was nice i'm glad that i i wrote an email i think i'll like write more emails to professors that that i really like hmm what about you, Sally? Do you have any professors that touched you? Okay, not physically, but like <laughs> that just sounded so bad to me. Like made a difference in your life. Oh, I think rather than professors, I didn't really have that 
strong a bond with any I didn't talk to any professors but I think my advisors since uh, we had mandatory advising for biochem and I don't think it was mandatory for microbio but I still went every semester so it was nice seeing someone like consistently for all four years and my especially my advisor um Dr. Strainy he's a genetics professor I never had him for a class, but he was super nice. He was like this old man. <laughs> he had like a bunch of teapots and like plants in his office. And he was just so sweet. Like, he's like literally the sweetest person I've ever met in the university. <laughs> and he was really nice about giving me advice and like um, telling me about his life story as well. And it was just so like I felt so happy every time I had advising for them. <laughs> That's how you should feel. Yeah. I kind of wish that public health had mandatory advising. Like, maybe that would have forced me to talk to my advisor and actually form relationships or, like, help me figure out my four-year plan. But it's it's mm-hmm. weird how different majors don't require that. Because I have, like, this... I've, I feel like I've talked about this before, but I have this, like, complex or something where it's, like, really hard to talk to people, like, supervisors or people um, in authority like figures. Authority. Yeah, I... Like professors or teachers in high school or even tas like i'm very um respectful towards them and but very cordial and like all my supervisors on campus and like even at planned parenthood have been super nice and like very friendly and some of them will even talk about like their their days or yeah their days outside of the job and like being like oh how was your weekend and like i did this and this and this like what about you and i'll just answer with like a curt like i'm fine yeah it was great (laughs) Da, da, da. Like, I don't know. I There's something in me that, like, will not let me create, like, more personal relationships. And I didn't need, I really need to get over that. I don't know why, but maybe it was the way I was raised or something. But mm-hmm. yeah. I think it also depends on the person and I guess the environment. Like, for me, I actually, I forgot to also mention, I really um, liked my TAs that I had for lab. I think that, like, having someone that you see every week like the professors you never get to talk to them after a lecture or like i never talked to them after a lecture and i never really went to office hours but for lab you're like stuck with this person for i don't know three hours a week and so you kind of get used to seeing them and the ta start talking about their own lives and stuff like that so i guess like i really like that environment of like being in a lab with a lab ta and it was more comfort comfortable to talk together so moving on from our college experiences, I guess now what we have to look forward to is post-grad plans and planning what we want to do and what we want to achieve in the future. So what are you guys' um, plans after graduating? I mean, I guess it's like no big surprise to anyone listening and to you guys because mm-hmm. I feel like we've talked about our updated every like weekly update or so. Um for me right now, I'm still looking for a job. I would like to work for one to two years to first like gain experience because I feel like what I'm trying to get into, I really want to make sure that I like enjoy it. Um, and so gain experience in public health, public health communications, marketing, that sort of thing. And then eventually apply to grad school for that um, field, I guess, to get more formal education in it and have I guess the degree that like just like really gives me the the clout, I suppose, but also like um, potentially work with other people um, in that field more formally. So, yeah, that's the plan is to work and then go to grad school. Who knows what will happen? 
I feel like I changed my mind a lot, so yeah, dot dot dot. I mean, get a job so you can move in together. I would love that, but <laughs> yes, I need a job. What about you, Linda? Um, so I have the next, I guess, year kind of plan. So I'm gonna work at this at this thing and <laughs> corporate. Cool. I'm looking forward to stop. <laughs> looking forward to my internship because it's about health justice and I really want to get into that more and I feel like I can still I'm still always going to do stuff on the side either like illustration or drawing or or doing a startup or something so I'm like even though I have a job there's things that are uncertain that I'm still looking forward to and just like I don't know how to manage a full life I guess without college like Mm. I don't know how to manage between um between talking to my friends like keeping up good um good connection with my family doing doing well in school but also like cultivating independent interests and like committing to those um but also doing like financial stuff and doing this 403b and like doing insurance like i don't know how you can how one person can really manage like one person's life so i don't know Hire yeah, me as your manager. Uh, <laughs> are you planning to go to grad school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna apply like next cycle, especially because my paper is gonna be published. So I feel like that would help my my application. But also with like the COVID thing, a lot of universities are cutting down on funding. Mm. So, yeah. but are you still trying to go into the same programs that you initially applied for, like English? I think probably not. I think. I don't know what I was thinking when I was trying to do English. That was, like, a bad idea. But I'm going to try to reroute and um, do something in, like, media or cultural studies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sally said you well, were going to grad school, too. Or, like, yeah, to. for me, grad school is still in my plans. Um, so I'll probably apply in two two years. Um, Like, at the second end of the second year. of Or at the beginning of the second year of my um, NA, NCI position. And then I'll see what happens then. But I really don't know what I want, like in a job right now, still. So I guess I was try to figure that out during my postdoc position. And that's like the true scam of college, where you go through four years, you think you don't know anything. Yeah, you think you know what you're gonna do, or you choose a major. Just I don't know. Lynn and I chose it because of like this. I mean, RP. I forgot. I don't know. Like, (laughs) and then you think you have it all planned, and then you get a job. But like, all three of us and a bunch of friends I know still don't know what we're gonna do. So, in -hmm. conclusion, (laughs) we're still where we started. But I think we gained a lot of different like memories along the way. So I'm happy with that. Thank you all for listening to our 21st episode. We talk about our graduation and our experiences in college because by the time you listen to this, we'll all be alumna of the University of Maryland. So we are finally done with undergrad. Um, And as you heard over this episode, we have a lot of great memories and experiences from undergrad, but obviously we still have a lot to learn. And luckily for you, we'll still be continuing this podcast even into post-grad So hopefully week by week, you'll be getting our updates and you can see how we're fully transitioning from a undergrad student to a young adult, I guess, in the real world. Working professional. So stay tuned for next week's episode. Um, We'll have a lot to talk about going on from here.
So check out our website at movingalongpod.com where you can find all our episodes and show notes with links. If you like this episode, you can follow us on Instagram at movingalongpod and rate or review us on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, bye. bye.